Hey everyone, thank you for joining me for episode 13 of Future Show, the twice-weekly talk show about the future with Jonathan Myers, that's me, and my guests. Today's guest is the ever-curious Patrick Holland, and we are going to talk about foreboding food art, signature scents, going to the moon again, helium-3, the next helium, the coal-powered house because I love it, strip-mining the moon, and my idea to make the moon a giant disco ball. Let's boogie. So online, it's basically, if, if you're doing anything audio-visual, um, basically just because of the structure of this thing, it, you know, the internet will have like some, something of a kung fu grip. Like if you're making audio-visual stuff, you are basically having to play by the rules of how information travels online, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're making music or movies, you're going to have to deal with the fact that it could be pirated or something like that. Oh, sure. You know, uh -huh. mm -hmm. Right. You just have to deal with this stuff or you have to go through these avenues. Um, audio and visual media seem so like super easily digitized, right? That they're just kind of, you, you have to deal with that if you make that sort of work. And I was thinking about maybe just uh, art in general, where mm -hmm. it's sort of seen as mostly audio visual. Like it's pretty rare that you'd run across someone who thought a certain scent was art or something yeah. like that. Where, or if you brought in food and said this was art in a gallery, people would be kind of like, what? You know, like they're just, there's no real strong, maybe there's a strong visual component, but mm -hmm. it's not like music. It's not a painting. Like, what are you trying to pull? <laughs> right, right, <laughs> you know? right, right. Um, but I was thinking that this might actually be, without being a, a ludite or like saying no to technology. I think it's actually an interesting opportunity for creative types to investigate. So you have cyberspace and then you also have to contrast with that, like meat space, right. You know, where okay. we could like fall over or mm -hmm. eat <laughs> you something, fall and, over. you know, or it's, it's that kind of space. Like we could actually explore, um, you know, audiovisual stuff is easily digitized, but something like a smell or even a touch or, Oh um, yeah, lots of or stuff. Or taste can't yeah. can't really be digitized at least yet. Not yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, totally. But I was thinking like, well, this might be an interesting you already kind of see it to some degree like uh, a, like a public sculpture you can be like, uh, and you just see kids playing on it and mm -hmm. sitting on it and touching it and there is kind of that touch aspect to it. Um but I think like something like food is sort of interesting because it sort of resists it's not even like actively resisting technology. It's just food, you know, it's right, just yeah. in there, but it could be an opportunity for people to maybe play with it and play with their food. <laughs> yeah. But I think people have been doing know. that for a long time. Right? Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I guess my, my, I, I don't even know if this is really a question, but I, an idea I'd like you to talk about is, okay. the, um, creative activity or maybe just in general art has kind of been seen as mostly visual or mostly audio. Um, do you think there's room at all in this world for the other senses or are they not allowed? <clears throat> well, something, something that's interesting to me, uh, is that, well, no, something you, something that you mentioned made me think of, um, that 
that the the art gallery is kind of where uh, visual art and sometimes uh, audio art, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, take place. Yeah. Um, and I, <clears throat> it seems it seems fair, I guess, to say that that like a, a Michelin star restaurant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is yeah. where food art would yeah. would be taking place. Where you know, or like that's the that's the the way that one experiences food mm-hmm. in a in a way that is appropriate for the food. Like an sure. art gallery is, uh, you know, the walls are white and it's mm-hmm. lit in a certain way to highlight paintings or sculptures or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you deviate from that it it becomes less and less of an ideal place for mm-hmm. that art right and and the and the you know the walls are are white to not take away from the art and to mm-hmm. so that your focus is on the art and i feel like at a at a restaurant no 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 at a fine restaurant mm. Like at a, at a middle class, right? Like at Chili's, there's so much, like you're very distracted from the food sure. because there is so much sure. stuff going on everywhere besides the food. Right. Um, You've got Maroon that you're 5 like, playing. Oh yeah, the Maroon 5 eating. and there's like a, a radio flyer yeah. uh, wagon up on some yeah. shelf next to a stop sign. And sure. <laughs> I don't, it's, it's just weird stuff. And, um, and so... Uh, but when you go into a fancier place, yeah, it's like, like things are minimal yeah. and like, sure. here is your, here's your food to experience. And it takes, right. And people, you know, the joke is, you know, it takes up like, you know, maybe a quarter of the plate, right. you know, and you're just like, people are like, oh, where's, you know, you're paying that much for something that barely fills up a plate kind of yeah. thing. But this, but the idea is the same, you know, it's, it, it is kind of hard to miss that similarity between the white cube art gallery mm-hmm. and the um carefully plated um dish that you would get at some like uh, yeah just like really really frou-frou place yeah <laughs> but uh you know and here here's something that's interest uh something about the fancy restaurant yeah is that there is i mean there is also a visual element to it you know like there's right. a composition yeah they want on to that make plate it- that it look that visually like oh I see what they did there and with yeah. that little swirl and squiggle well sure it, it would even psychologically affect how you might feel it tastes if it's actually presented well mm-hmm. you might actually say oh this tastes like fantastic whereas if it were just kind of <laughs> you know <laughs> thrown on there maybe you wouldn't, <laughs> yeah. you you wouldn't no, think of very it good as... at all but but something <laughs> that I have thought about is the like the kinds of what like with art there are there are layers mm. on like this painting has lots of different layers and there's lots of different things going on mm. with it and maybe with food uh there could be something like well there is um like when you first bite into it it has this texture and this flavor and then as you continue to eat it (laughs) it it sort of changes flavors and textures like an everlasting gobstopper from (laughs) willy yes well because yeah 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 like that like "Mm, hot soup (laughs) well only you i think using that as a model actually isn't necessarily that absurd like i could imagine 
an artist who puts a candle, like a large candle together that actually is pieced up of segments, you know? So as it burns through, it'll go through different scents as it actually burns down. Oh, yeah, sure, like sure, sure. Like, sure, I don't sure. know, like something yeah. like that, perhaps. But yeah, that would be interesting to figure out, yeah, the actual technology to turn the gobstopper into something of a reality. Right, and I mean, I mean, Maybe. That, that I think would, oh no, but it was, it was even hot soup. Like yeah. the soup was even yeah, hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Um, yeah, that would be, uh, quite a feat. But, but I think, yeah, I, I think that the, well, I, I don't think that, wait, so, so scents mm. are generally, I'm going to go out on a limb and suggest mm. that, that, oh no, I don't know there's where really, the art of you scents can't, there's, would be. Yeah, there's not a ton of precedent for it. And I think it's, which is. A little strange, maybe, because people talk about how it's so tied to memory and this. Oh and that. yeah, and Which, it's and I know uh, that like, um, well, maybe not restaurants because they're cooking food, but I mean restaurants have a, a scent to them. But but um, like stores will have. Whoa. Guys, I don't know if you can actually still hear us, but we just had a strange uh, audio artifact. Some whoa, yeah. uh, and I think oh no, it, it seems Anyways, okay now. Sorry, this makes absolutely whoa. zero sense. To there was a there was a, a glitch in the recording, and then we heard a growl. Yeah, it was a little of strange. A tiger. Yeah, kind of a di- like a, a ghost in the gra- machine. Yeah, a little strange dealy. We were talking about sense. Yeah. Uh, Stores like clothing stores mm. will have a scent that they pipe oh, yeah. through. Yeah. That like, oh, this smells like mm. Express. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. There's actually, uh, they do pay people to come into like, uh, if it is a clothing place, you know, they'll to have just the right music, you know, and mm-hmm. definitely the right uh, scent, you know, but, and yeah, to and, really make it feel like. Like, I'm on vacation somewhere, mm-hmm. and I'm here looking for, you know... Yeah, but it does seem like that is a... Almost like a... I'm going to I'm gonna separate art and design here yeah. okay. for a sec. Because uh, the, the scent in the uh, clothing store is a... That's a design thing. Like, yeah, we're going to yeah, create yeah. this particular aesthetic. And, I mean, well, not that, not that art lacks aesthetic no uh, no no. i think but that there isn't really yet a place of like i'm trying to tell this story mm. through or get an emotional feeling right to you where through. it's just sort of yeah i know what you mean where it's like a utilitarian thing you're like we're just piping the scent in and we're making sure our story looks like this with the express purpose of selling more clothes or just more of our product. Mm -hmm. I think what you're saying is maybe missing is normally when you think of like a craft versus an art or something like that, or design versus an art, like art generally has some sort of like a message that's ethical or political, Mm -hmm. or there's some sort of value statement about, you know, that's trying to be made or something about About life. Like if, (laughs) well, if you could, if there was a, 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 like a room, that you go into, like, so yeah. the scent, the scent museum, <laughs> the scent, scent gallery. Well, uh, wouldn't you have be... a room? Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm I, thinking I'm... of things and you're talking. We, yes. uh, <laughs> you're fine. We, so you, you go into this room and, um, 
there is a scent mm. that you smell that takes you all the way back mm. to 1994. Right. And you're just And you of... have like you have some memory mm-hmm. as if there's a scent yeah. that can take someone back. Well, yeah, it's so hard because when you separate I suppose um smell, touch and taste into kind of their like you try to try to separate them and it seems like it becomes very difficult to work with, you know. Mm-hmm. What's interesting maybe about at least if you're trying to create I guess an artwork. Oh, but if you man. put them all together, I mean that's really food, right? I mean it right. has all those things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is maybe what's interesting about it to me and it's maybe why I don't know. Like when you, I, I am not a, a foodie by any stretch of the Come imagination. On. I'm not. Come on. No, but I know, I, I do know it's a sort of a growing thing that it's a pretty big deal. I think what's, you know, people are lo- looking at their food and they're actually considering the, um, maybe even the politics of, of food or even Whoa. like where, like where it comes from, mm-hmm. who eats it, how much it costs, you know, yeah. there's, there are all these dimensions to it. Um, you know, like, yeah, like what energy was used to make this, you know, Mm -hmm. like there's all the dimensions of food that they, they're interested in. This is a coal powered steak. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it's all these dimensions, like the ethical, the political, uh, that are tied up in it that you would traditionally see tied up in art too. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, that there's usually some sort of message. Right. And I think the message for food is often in how it's made and how it's produced, you know, right, maybe right. That, like, not is, that it's actually like telling you a table. story. Yeah. Yeah. It's not really representational in that way. Mm-hmm. It's kind of closer to maybe abstract art or something like that, but there is still a message behind mm-hmm. it. It's, sure, 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 it's sure, just sure. maybe not obvious, but I think the potential is there. Anyways, it's not saying like that. I predict the future of art to be nothing but food, but I'm just saying it sounds delicious that, Unless it's not, because some art is like <laughs> really bad. Like what it's what it's wanting to convey to you, like like Rothko's giant paintings mm. that are meant to be like foreboding. Mm. Like if mm. you you could eat oh, something, eat like something. Oh, this is a little foreboding, <laughs> <laughs> right? Where these subtle uh, feelings, I suppose, or emotions are harder to um, maybe get across if you're trying to use use edible stuff as your, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm it just saying it because it's maybe an interesting into... avenue that some artists may take. If, you know, just in the world that we live in that, you know, with cyberspace versus, <laughs> I guess we're using the word neat space, mm-hmm. you know. We could use in real life. In real That's just IRL. That's yeah. it. <laughs> That's happening right now. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think um, this actually... Uh, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about, um, about energy just because, well, there is this, you know, cyberspace, you know, that we, a lot of us deal with every day and, um, and, uh, telecommunications and and this kind of stuff. There is a physical infrastructure behind it. You know, Mm -hmm. I I think that's important not to forget, Mm -hmm. but what worries me, you know, is that we're, we're all on our phones and we all like to communicate this and that in the other way. Um, but you know, we have a, a ton of satellites up there too. And, but as far as actually maintaining these things and actually going up there, like having, like if we have satellites up in the air, it'd be nice to have like a pretty good space program so we could actually go up there and fix them if need be. 
but... Do we not? Well, I mean, our space program's a little bit of a joke. I mean, I feel like it would... Uh, space travel will be privatized absolutely in the future. Like, oh, yeah? Yeah, I do. Like, Who um, should I invest in? <laughs> well, Give me you some. know who you should... Well, you should actually be looking at... Oh, we are, we are, are uh, for our listeners, we are not financial advisors, and no. you need to no. make your own decisions. That's right. Uh, <clears throat> uh, you do you. <laughs> but um, I would look at the people who are, the, Google's putting on the Lunar X Prize or something like oh, that, yeah, you know, yeah. if you can get your robot to the moon and actually have it, you know, work there, then you get some huge, you know, prize money oh. or something it like that. It probably has to do stuff, though, because I was thinking maybe I'll enter <laughs> well, yeah, got, you can't just, you can't just get something there, right? You can't actually put, um, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to think now, like a really like crappy robot or something that you just kind of tied, you know, to the. <laughs> I, I put my Furby on the moon, <laughs> guys. Surely look, there it is. Um, you know, it's, it's like it actually has to be, you know, you can actually move doing something. Actually, like, is navigate like, the landscape right? Does your robot uh, is is it set up such that it could put a restaurant on the moon? Yeah. And, and I just feel like, um, you know, people kind of, uh, well, they're not giving a lot of attention to the space program. Not, and, and it worries me not just because I think it would be cool to go visit other planets, but also just because I think there are, you know, there's a lot of stuff we rely upon. One, you know, that's orbiting our planet, you know, mm-hmm. satellites are still a big part of how our networks actually function and how right. we communicate with each other. Sure. But there's also um, the element of uh, actually like on the, on the moon, for example. Um, and again, I, I don't know a ton about this. I'm no expert, but apparently there are large deposits of an isotope of helium called helium three. I don't know if you've heard helium three, helium three, the next helium, right? It's, it's the third helium. There was a sequel before, <laughs> but it was kind of lousy. They were just in it for the money, but the third one started. Yeah. yeah. The third one has yeah. heart in it. it does. Again. Um, but apparently, um, a, re- a reaction with helium three and this other element called deuterium could be the, what, um, we need to actually cause nuclear fusion, reactions as opposed to fission we just use nuclear fission right now in all of our nuclear plants which is pretty dangerous we could have fusion right like zero waste right the cleanest energy you've ever dreamed of yeah well literally 100 let's go to the moon i mean again i'm hazy on the numbers but from what i understand just like 100 tons of uh helium-3 with the however much you need of deuterium could actually uh, power the planet for a year. A Wait, year. how much? How much do we need of this? A hundred tons, that which sounds like a lot uh, compared compared to the amount that you need to actually power the planet on cons- on. Oh, other oh, 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 oh. okay, okay. Resources, fair enough, wouldn't be a lot at all. A hundred tons. Tons. Think of, and it's a gas. Yeah. These are gases. Well, I think it, I'm, or, I think it may be a gas. I'm not entirely or, sure. Well, it's, maybe, an, uh, it's an element anyway. Okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, it could be. I'm I'm not entirely sure. Okay. But I think I'm, the idea that it's there I is see, kind of interesting. I see why we're wanting to go to the moon now. Well, here's the problem. When there's been a treaty signed, I forget what it's called. I think it's like the Space Exploration Treaty. We didn't sign that treaty. Though. Well, <laughs> you and me. <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> Who says we can't? <laughs> well, uh, I mean, 
the, wait, no, the treaty. The treaty I feel yeah. like there's a treaty that, that said like space, you know, is the common heritage of mankind, right? So Whoa, you can't okay. really like colonizing space for other reasons other than just <laughs> specifically. You know, we go out into space. We we colonize the moon. We say no. This is this is Patrick and Jonathan land. We'll come up with a better name. Right. Uh, we make our own little micro nation on the moon. On the moon, and then everyone. It'll be like a. <laughs> Oh, what was the name of that? It's a uh, land. You know, you know the place that's like six, six, oh, six oh, and a half oh, oh. miles. It's like off in the middle the of the ocean of or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's but like it's like little... it's like just beyond <laughs> England's border or whatever. It's just hovering. Freeland, like, I think, is what it is. It might be something like that. It's I like know what you mean. Super it's a small rig. It's a yeah, small sovereign nation, or yeah, at least right. the people who live on it declare it a sovereign nation. Right. But I feel like it's actually, and there's been talk about that uh, space ex- exploration has actually been slowed because of this treaty that we... Oh, you mean because... because since since it's no all the common... corporate Well, there's, advantage. yeah, there's no reason for, um, yeah, like a, an actual nation to go out there and to fund something to go colonize the moon or Mars because technically we can't. Like it, That seems almost... Silly though. Well, yeah, Be- I in, agree. In that, <laughs> in that um, I mean, it it almost seems like Earth yeah. is the common heritage of man, and that we shouldn't be setting up nation states. <laughs> See, that's where you run. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't really take. Yeah, it doesn't really take the Earth itself into account, <laughs> and technically, the you know the Earth is a part of space. So right. why aren't we talking about it yeah. in this same treaty? It's not. It doesn't, yeah, it kind of fails in, in that regard. Who signed the treaty? Uh, I, I forget if it was a couple of nations that actually signed it. It was it went okay. through like the UN, you know, and there. So the US signed it too? Uh, I think so. I think oh. we might have. But here's the thing though. Like well. if we could just set up, I don't know, like a cool robotic sea mining. Sealand. Sealand. That's, That's what it's it. called. Okay. Robotic <laughs> yeah. mining well, operation. Like a, yeah, like some sort of robotic mining operation. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe power it um, somehow with like uh, like so, uh, space-based solar or something like that, like satellites out there with giant solar arrays that mm-hmm. you could actually beam How power do you, to. Can you do that? Can robots. you beam electricity? Uh, I, I guess like theoretically be, you can. It seems like it would be noisy. Well, and it also, you know, it would have to be. You can actually transmit it with microwave <gasps> and laser, yes. but it's... You, you have to be pretty exact with it, you know, from right. what I understand. But yeah, I, I guess really it is possible screw the, in theory. Screw up the moon. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing. People are like, might have different attitudes about like, oh, you're just going to go up and strip mine the moon, huh? Yeah. Or if you opened it up to um, a bunch of different nations, you know, <laughs> like trying to vie for the moon's resources. Moon war. I yeah. mean, I, I, no, can you imagine? Uh, seriously, Yeah. <laughs> Like the, actual fight. the moon war of like twenty twenty five. Guys, something. I don't know if you're old enough to remember an actual James Bond movie called Moonraker, but there was definitely a space battle in that movie where people were shooting lasers at each other, and it had something to do with the moon. So if you haven't seen, but it, it wasn't about like <laughs> strip mining the moon. I don't think so. Okay, I actually don't remember what the moon specifically. Ha- I. I wonder if it was like putting a laser on the moon. Yeah, I mean that's a. I could see that kind of a thing happening in the '60s. You know, like oh yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go to the moon. Guys, you don't understand. The Soviets are gonna put a giant laser on the moon and they're gonna shoot the White House. (laughs) Right. (laughs) They have this weird agenda, (laughs) but it's um, 
you know, I, I, I'm just a little bit maybe disheartened that I don't see a lot of uh, enthusiasm for, I guess, space travel in general, or it's just kind of seen as something. Uh, I'm terrified about it, Patrick. Well, I, it's in space. Well, Jonathan, space is generally I a know. deadly place. Yeah, but I guess the sea used to be too, huh? Right. Exactly. The ocean used to be a deadly place. Now it's safe. Well, when you look, it's totally safe now. That's the thing. You go to the movie theater and you watch a movie like Gravity, and you're like, "Oh my god!" You know, and you're like, "There's Sandra Bullock hyperventilating away as the Earth spins around her, right?" And people are scary. like, "Space, no, thank you." You yeah. know, which I understand. You can keep it. But and but that's the thing. You don't really see a lot of, um, I suppose, optimistic stories about space. It's just mm. always where the disasters happen. Whereas, so we could make a bundle <laughs> making movies that are optimistic about space. Well, that's the thing. The movie, um, I, The Martian came out, you know, and for mm-hmm. what it was, you know, like you can talk about the, I, I, what I w- wound up walking away appreciating about it, despite maybe the science in it not being 100% hard science or anything like that, or sorry, that's the wrong word, but maybe just, um, not being 100% accurate, the actual sure. science in the, it. It was actually, for once, an optimistic story about space. Oh, okay. You know? That but, a colony is actually getting set up. Yeah, and it's, as opposed to just something going terribly wrong and no one being and able to solve And everyone goes back. It. Yeah, or something. Do you think that's a conspiracy? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> to I don't keep know. us out of space? And Jonathan, who, who stands the game? <laughs> um, I think this podcast may may be monitored now. So, uh, I think <laughs> it's on a list. Watch what you say. Future shows on a list. Uh, speaking of that, I think there's actually uh, there's a generator, uh, like a a poem generator online. I think that can actually create poems out of all the words that have been that set off flags for like say <laughs> and stuff like that. So you can make like a really offensive poem that will guarantee getting the attention of, of the government. Oh, so interesting. At least the government will read your poem. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's sweet. Even if nobody else Dear does. Dear Uncle Sam. Maybe that's, uh, maybe the NSA are reading more poems than the rest of us. Hmm. <laughs> the government is more cultured than its people. I don't know. Great. Um, but anyways, I was just interested in what you had to say about that because... Uh... Wait, where where were we? What, Just energy what we in talk? general. Energy. Well, oh, energy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that that's interesting. Uh, yeah. Because what about... For some reason, I'm fascinated with the idea of having um, l- like really inefficient <laughs> energy uh, methods that are, How... that are in e- each person's house. Oh, I see what you Like mean. having a coal-powered house. That's a, a fascinating... <laughs> idea to me yeah uh but it does seem really labor intensive sure because the whole idea of like i can plug in my appliances into the wall you know and use the energy that's being you know made at a plant you know Mm -hmm. a power plant it's it it allows me to live beyond my means right oh i see i don't need to be thinking about electricity i will just pay someone a monthly payment to not have to think about it. I've outsourced right. my electricity. Right. Because I could generate electricity myself. Yeah. I could get a bicycle-powered right. electricity generator thing and do it myself, but that's a lot of labor. Sure. And I would rather go do something else. Yeah. So 
And, you know, there are definitely people who would want to live, you know, be self-sustaining live off the grid uh, yeah. and all of this kind of stuff. Um, and with fusion, you can. Well, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it would just, that's the whole thing. Like, <laughs> we'd have to actually get there to actually, right. you know, you could potentially mine it off of asteroids, too, from what I understand, too. But it's Is like, that a little easier? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I wish I knew. But, like... I don't know. I mean, maybe I just, in the interim, uh, you know, actually. <laughs> I uh, I space. think that it sounds fascinating to get to the moon and to mine this stuff. Mm-hmm. It also sounds like a travesty to strip mine the moon. I, it's the well, only yeah. moon we have. Correct. And it seems <laughs> like there are... if we had two moons, <laughs> we, had two we moons. could at least spare one yeah. of these <laughs> we could, Yeah, we'll use the second moon... We'll just use that for that our one's fuel. always been the uglier moon anyway. <laughs> yeah, let's just we might as well. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm reminded of a an idea that I would like to see happen in the future, which is to put uh, mirrored domes. Hmm. Let's say maybe um, twenty feet. Okay, in diameter. Mm-hmm. So, and these are dome domes. Okay. Gotcha. Dome uh, domes. That we and we Real cover. Domes. We cover the Earth side, the Earth facing side of the Moon, oh. in these mirrored domes. So you're thinking, disco think a ball. Yeah. <laughs> like imagine the night sky, like a full moon with this mirrored moon. It right. would be a thing to behold. <laughs> well. You're saying that the thing that'll get us to the moon is to make it look nicer. Is that what you're like? Well, that I might mean, be I mean, incentive. It's, like it's just so gray and. Uh, <laughs> yeah, actually, that would be that would be great. Well, I don't know if that's too, because because here's the thing: is that the moon already reflects light down to Earth. Like it does a it does an okay job of that on a full moon. Let's just use the full moon as the control. Uh, <laughs> right. in this experiment. So that's already putting out a bunch of light mm-hmm. or reflecting a bunch of light. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I feel like there must be a sweet spot in the diameter, in uh-huh. how big the <laughs> diameter of the domes are to maximize the light that it's reflecting rather than I feel like if you put like two domes or like three so, three giant domes, then clarify. it wouldn't... It would, it would like have these pinpoints of light mm-hmm. on the earth, but all the rest of the earth would be too. Oh, so to clarify, mm-hmm. your idea for domes is mm-hmm. to, is, is this an energy solution? <laughs> um, it sure could be. No, think about it. Like, oh, wait, wait, wait. Because okay. I'm talking, because the implications here is that you're going to make our nights a whole lot brighter and particularly, you know, potentially screw up some, some biospheres some pretty here. pretty serious stuff, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have creatures who only come out at night going, what is going on? Yeah, well, but I don't think that, I mean, if we start mining the moon, then you're t- basically we're, t- saying, we're taking all this mass off of the moon. Yeah. We're messing things up anyway. Yeah. We might as well send some mirror domes up there with the next shipment of robots or whatever. Sure. Uh, and make it, make the night there. sky a little prettier. <laughs> well, it's like, um, oh, what is it? Uh, 
it's like the Blade Runner kind of future, right? Where you have, um, or even like Futurama, you know, like all the billboards and stuff like that. Oh yeah. 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 In space and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. (laughs) Where we're just like, well, I guess that will probably end up following us, you know, if we end up going up there. Yeah. But I honestly, I I hope this is just my opinion. I, I think it would be, if it's, Oh, I think it would be worth it to actually go up there and start mining it. Cause come on, I mean that might be a game changer for at least a while, like actually that resource. Yeah, but once we know. start, well, sure, but we got to go somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about no? But there must be some other kinds of. So I had this idea too, <clears throat> and I I'm no mechanical engineer, mm-hmm. uh, but. guys to clarify we're not experts on anything like i bet we're experts on something but not what we're talking about on this show um completely unqualified (laughs) uh well i don't know i don't even know if i'm gonna share it because i i have talked to some some mechanical engineers about this and i'm not Mm. sure if it's actually feasible but i imagine this giant flywheel okay yeah Oh, it needs to be in an anti-gravity vacuum. Mm. <laughs> that was just the sound of Jonathan <laughs> throwing his hands up, just exasperated, and <laughs> leaning back in his chair and looking off into well, the I middle st- distance. <laughs> I, I, started, I started thinking about the... That to get an anti-gravity vacuum takes an immense amount of energy... In the first place. Mm-hmm. And this was because a whole idea about... nature abhors it. Yeah. Nature abhors it. You know, I heard a, uh, a quote, stand. A quote <laughs> about um, house cleaning. Nature abhors a vacuum, and so do I. <laughs> I really resonated with that quote. Yeah, it's a good pun, you mm-hmm. know. I like it. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> uh, I think we're going to end there. Okay. Uh... What have we talked about? Have we, have we made any progress into the future? I think we have. Well, yeah. I mean, there's oh, plenty of things. have so many more topics, too. Patrick, I really appreciate that you had notes. Well, again, it's just because I, uh, I don't exactly trust my um, own memory. And, and I trust mine way too much. <laughs> like a great pair. <laughs> yeah. Balance each other right out. Mm-hmm. Um... Well, thanks for being. Thanks for being. We gotta leave something, John, for future episodes. We can't cover everything in one because then it would just be the future show podcast where we cover everything. Yeah. In one episode. Thanks for listening. You know, and you got nowhere to go. Right. That's that. That's not fun. Well, it would be an event like the World's Fair. (laughs) (laughs) I like. I mean, that would be grand and fun. You know, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it's just again, it leaves you nothing. Here, here, here it is. Mm-hmm. And people would, you know, visit it as if it were the I space needle. So, yeah. You're like, wow, the World's Fair, that was the thing. I feel a little bit sad hmm. because we don't have World's Fairs. And the world is such that, like, if a World's Fair were to take place, it would be online anyway. Right. That's true. Where it's not like, yeah, like, what would be the reason to go to Moscow or Berlin or... Yeah. Or, like, yeah, like, you could just, like, oh, I'll just live stream it. Yeah, yeah, and see everything there. Or I'm sure there will be someone, like a Twitter journalist. Yeah, yeah, somebody will be live tweeting the, the World's Fair. I don't need to be there. It's like, cool, new, yeah, like, I don't know. Robots that 3D print themselves, cool, you know? And yeah. 
I don't know. <laughs> so I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't despair, you know. All right. I won't. I hope we ended on a really positive note for you guys out there. I know if you're listening to this uh, podcast for fun, you know, maybe it's after work and you're feeling a bit down. I just want to, you know, uh, I, I would just like to say be optimistic about um, about the future. I know it's it's hard because you're having to live day to day and you don't really have the time to think about the future um, about all the time. But uh, I think it actually behooves you Ooh. and it behooves us to actually start thinking a little bit more in the long term. Patrick, are you suggesting that Future Show is a noble <laughs> pursuit? Can we do that? Maybe it would little, make me feel a lot better. Well, maybe you're probably the most noble part of it. I don't know if I'm. Maybe I'm bringing it down a notch. I don't know. I think you're bringing a lot of nobility <laughs> to this. <laughs> but anyways, um, you know, John, it's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Yeah. Hey everyone, that is it for this episode of Future Show. Thanks for listening, and thank you to Patrick Holland for being my guest. You guys can find him over on Twitter at P.D. Holland, H-O-L-L-E-N. Hey, Future Showers, I hope you guys are having a good time, because I am too. Thanks for your tweets and your retweets to at Future Show Show. Two shows. You are a delight. You can check out past episodes of Future Show over at futureshowpodcast.com or on iTunes and other platforms. If you leave a review and tell your friends and family, the show will go far. I I will appreciate it from you. Oh, and just remember, the future can happen at any moment.